to Jump 95, episode 5. Uh, we are up and at them. It's a little early in California, but there was so much good basketball last night. I can't wait to talk about it. How are you guys doing this week? Coach Derek, it looks like your hand is raised. Do you have a question? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk a little bit. Uh, uh, I had an all right week. I uh, played two pretty tough teams uh, on my high school basketball schedule. Uh, we lost both games, but uh, honestly stayed in them much longer than I anticipated staying in those games. And well, I guess the negative was that our best player got diagnosed with mono this week. So he's out a month. Oh, shit. Tell him to stop sucking face with the other basketball players. I thought that was going to be a much more sad negative intro. Like he was diagnosed with something very, very extreme. I'm glad it's just mono. Yes, just mono. But uh, yeah, when he showed up to practice the next day, I told him to try not to kiss any of his teammates. That's great. Sound advice. What is it? What's the record for your team at this point? We don't want to talk about that. Okay. Okay. Closer to the New York Knicks or closer to the Milwaukee Bucks? Uh, Closer to the Knicks. Closer to the Knicks. That's okay. Well, just fire their coach. They'll move on. They'll keep going. That's what the Knicks do. So, okay. Closer to the Knicks. Who would you say on your team is most uh, closely relatable to Starberry? Literally, our point guard. (laughs) (laughs) That's just because he's point guard. (laughs) Oh man. Let's start with our little hometown news. The Cavs beat the Spurs the other night, but there's a lot of turmoil, a lot of Kevin Love trade rumors. I saw a tweet saying he prefers to go to the Blazers. He wants to get out of town. How are you guys feeling about our boy Kevin Love uh, most likely being moved? I know we keep saying, oh, we'll see, we'll see. He says he wants to stick around, but things are not looking good. I think it's the right move for him. Um, We have a young team, young coach. We all need to grow, but uh, I don't think Kevin Love wants to spend the last few years of his career where he can make the impact he made last night or two nights ago against the Spurs. I think he wants to spend that on a championship contending team, and I can't blame him for that. I think it might benefit both teams, the Cavs as well as the team receiving Kevin Love in a trade. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you look at it, uh, he'd actually been playing pretty terribly up until this week for probably a good couple weeks. Uh, And it's almost like somebody reminded him that if he wants to get traded, he has to actually look good and make other teams want him. Yep. Uh, But there's also like the... There's also like the catch 22 of trading him though. Like we talked about the Suns earlier in the year and yeah, they've fallen off a little, but they're still a respectable ball club and they haven't been in years past. And it's tough to develop players when you're not respectable at all. So like Kevin Love is kind of like a cog in trying to keep the Cavs respectable while trying to develop some of these young players. Because otherwise, you could just see a lot of guys just flame out of the league altogether. Yeah, it's so it's so it's an interesting year for the Cavs. It, it's they just look like garbage. I don't know if you guys saw the clip of of Tristan Thompson yelling at Coach Beeline the other day, which a couple days before he was the one defending him, saying, "Hey, we're we're on the coach's side. We're, we got his back." And it's like, what the hell is going on here? Like, it is miserable. There's a lot, I remember there's a lot of turmoil, obviously, when LeBron was there because there's a lot of drama, but. Nobody cares about the Cavs, and they're still managing to be incredibly dramatic and over the top. And 
I don't know. It might be the end of the, the road for our, our Kevin Loves and our Tristan Thompsons on the team. So Yeah, I thought it was really funny after Tristan came out and made those comments around the work. Everybody's like, see, that's how like you just stay a good veteran leader. And yeah, that's how you be a leader. You as a veteran on a young team, you support the head coach and everything and just and then three days later he's screaming at him and getting benched in the fourth quarter. But like the stuff that led up to it had clearly been boiling under the surface for a while because the the whole pro the whole thing that led up to it was Colin Sexton missed Tristan posting up in the paint, clanked a wild three, and then Tristan didn't get back on defense. And then Coach B let Tristan know it because you're not not playing any favorites as a young coach, not playing any favorites as a young coach. I mean, uh, especially on a young team like with veteran teams, like you'll see the stars get away with stuff like that, as we all saw with the Cavs and LeBron and Kevin Love and Kyrie. They didn't necessarily have to get back on defense to stay in the game. But, yeah, so I thought that was kind of interesting. And it's just a weird dynamic in Cleveland right now because Sexton has kind of regressed from last year. Garland played five college games and is basically coming straight out of high school and isn't really in NBA shape. They have nights where they look good like they did against the Spurs, and they have nights where they don't, where it was against the Sixers and they lost by 50. I forgot about that game. It just left my mind, and now I'm being reminded again. Hey, there's a bright spot, though. They do. They did sign Dwayne Wade to their uh, a two-way contract. Was it uh, Dwayne? Oh, never mind. That's Dean uh, Wade. I think it's Dean. There must be a typo here. I'll check my notes. Coming out of retirement to play for the Cavs. Yeah, if you want to see some great Hayden Wolf-created uh, Dean Wade memes, just check out at Jump95Derek on Twitter. <laughs> we'll be sharing those on the Instagram throughout the week. They're a very specific niche meme that I don't know how many people will enjoy, but I thoroughly enjoyed making them. Niche or niche? I don't know. Niche, niche. I don't know. What do you say, teacher? I think they're both <laughs> fine. I think niche sounds makes you sound smarter, so I go with that one. In other Tristan Thompson updates, it appears he was visiting Cleveland Clinic and dropped off a wagon full of Milton Bradley board games, including Sorry, Connect Four, and Trouble. So you can, uh, I guess Tristan Thompson likes board games. It's fun getting into trouble. Wow. Tristan Thompson, he likes adultery. He likes board games. <laughs> he likes yelling at his coach. That's our boy, Tristan Thompson, NBA champion. Uh, as we move on from uh, from that, did you guys see the clips of Trey Young versus the Heat earlier this week where there was about 59 seconds left? Trey Young hits a, it's a layup, starts yelling at the crowd. It's over. It is over. Following that, Miami Heat go on a 24-0 run, including overtime, and win. So, obviously, it wasn't over. Um, are you guys fans of trash talking? What do you What do you think? Or, like, as a coach, I guess I want to get Derek's perspective. As a coach, are you a fan of trash talking? Do any of your players do it? How would you recommend uh, correctly trash talking, I guess? I think there is a correct way to do it as a coach. Uh, anything that you can actually hear from the sideline is probably the <laughs> so like anything that I actually notice as a coach uh, is probably something they shouldn't be doing. Like specifically yesterday in our game, we were playing against the defending league champs without our top score. And uh, our point guard uh, start, knocks down a three and then pretends to pull a, an arrow out of a fake quiver and fire an arrow straight into his defender's chest. Classic. Now, if the refs see that, that's a technical foul. So I pull him over to the sideline while somebody's shooting a free throw, and I'm talking to him. First, when we're running, you got to deny the screen every once in a while just to keep the defense guessing because they're jumping over the screen before you are. 
I mean, we all know that, yeah. And also, don't you ever fire an arrow like that again, or you will come sit next to me on the bench for the rest of the game. Right, put him in his place. Did he listen? How did he respond? Did he listen, or was he like, shut, I know what I'm doing, or was it like a dog between its tail kind of moment? Well, he didn't fire any more arrows. Did he hit any more threes? He did. He banked one (laughs) end going in the half. Did he ask himself what would Starberry do? Starberry would fire more. You guys want to talk about Mellow at all? <laughs> we can't. I'm so sick of talking about Mellow, but okay. What Mellow news is Why? there? Is there anything this week? I know Chris Weber made a statement or made a comment uh, on the broadcast that he thinks Mellow looks better than he has like in his entire career. And uh, my response to that is Mellow is playing the worst basketball of his career right now. He's even worse than he was on the Rockets when they cut him after 10 games. Do you have statistics to back that up, or is this just the eye test? No, it, he's uh, shooting with the worst efficiency of his career. It's like he, like I said uh, a couple podcasts ago, uh, in Oklahoma City and Houston, he did try to be a role player. Like, he was just spotting up on threes. He just wasn't very good, and he couldn't defend anybody. Uh, and it's kind of like when he came back to Portland, he's like, you know what? Screw all that stuff. I'm just going to go out there and do me. And he's shooting like way more long twos. And his efficiency is at an all-time low right now. It's, at, it's comparable where it was in Oklahoma City, but it's even lower than it was in Houston last year. When the ball is in his hands, I just there's no confidence for something to go right when I'm watching the game. When he gets the ball, I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah, I, I haven't watched a lot of Melo this week. I was watching the Blazers. Um, I don't remember who they were playing. Clippers or something earlier in the week. Yeah, every time he got the ball, he had the look in his eyes of like, oh shit, this is my moment. I'm about to make, I'm going to make you guys pay. You don't know this is Melo time. Dribble, 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 fade away, clank off the rim. And I agree with you, Derek. It, there has been, I'm trying to play the role of a Melo fan on this podcast. I don't love Melo, but. I'm trying to be supportive, but it, it's gotten out of hand. Like I remember, I heard Chris Weber make that comment, and I thought, "What the hell are you talking about? How can this remotely be the best basketball he's ever played?" Look back on it when he was young, back when he was a Nugget, back when even in the Knicks, he took him to the playoff, like much better than, than he's currently playing. You know what? I, I think I, I misquoted that. I think it was uh, Reggie Miller that said it. Chris Weber was the one who was trashing Embiid. Oh yeah, earlier, and then JJ. And then J.J. Reddick came out and said, oh, I didn't hear that. I usually, well, I, I usually put the TV on mute whenever Weber's on the broadcast. <laughs> I love that. That's some trash talk right there. That's some J.J. Reddick trash talk. Was that on his podcast or was that just in an interview? I think it was just <laughs> in an interview. I, I just saw it on Twitter. Our co-worker. We're in the same level our, as J.J. Our Reddick. colleague. Their careers didn't overlap, did they? Who, J.J. and Chris Weber? That's a good question. I don't think so. I mean, might have had like... There might have been a small overlap, but like they definitely weren't recognizable players at the same time. Weber played until 2008, kind of. Um, yep, he was Reddick drafted in 06. Yeah, so there was a there's a small overlap, but like Reddick, but both of them were barely playing in those two years yeah, that they overlapped. They were they were both riding the pines then. Yeah, tail end of his career, beginning of JJ's career, but obviously they made some kind of impact. Where he was not a fan of him. Yeah, uh, Reddick didn't even really start playing until like 2009. Talking Reggie Miller, this is a good uh, transition. Let's talk a little bit of Zion Williamson. The highlight, it's supposed to be the highlight of the season that I've now completely forgot the guys in the league. Um, 
Reggie Miller tweeted out the other day, I've been saying this, I said this November 21st during the Suns-Pelicans game, only to be told by David David Griffin, the president of the Pels at halftime, no, 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 Zion will definitely be back mid-December. Fast forward to December 3rd, Mavs vs. Pels, I doubled down and said, Zion Williamson could miss the rest of the season. Uh, We're coming up on a Christmas game that the Pelicans have. The Pelicans are pretty god-awful at this point, 6-20 or 5-20-something. Do you guys think we'll see Zion at all this year? I would love to see him, but... Are we going to see a Ben Simmons? We're going to see a Markel Fultz uh, sit out most of the season, or a Blake Griffin where you sit out the whole season? And I don't know, man. <laughs> that seems to be the number one picks. I've been doing that a lot lately. They sit out a season, they come back stronger. But I would love to see Zion. What I expect of him is to sit out longer than people want to. Maybe it's the whole season. Maybe he comes back for the last little bit of the season but i think he's just going to take off the time that he needs to which is you know to get a big guy like that on an ankle feeling healthy ready to play games it's going to take a little bit so i mean when he first when he first got injured they said it was a six to eight week injury and uh eight weeks would put him back tuesday and i don't think he's playing tuesday (laughs) yeah i don't think he's i haven't heard anything about him i mean i haven't seen highlights usually you see highlights of Okay, this guy's rehabbing, he's shooting shots, he's he's throwing down some dunks. We've seen John Wall, who was supposed to be out for a year and a half, throwing down dunks and stuff like that. So I don't know where Zion is. John Wall. That <laughs> warm-up just teasing my whole crap. Yeah. I worry. I, I don't know. I don't want to be negative, but I really worry about Zion. I, I might just be fabricating it in my head, but him being out, him being a big guy like this, it makes me worried. Obviously, yeah. Joel Embiid's a big guy. It took him like three seasons to finally get healthy-ish, and he's finally playing really great basketball. But I don't know. I'm a little nervous about big boy, big boy Zion coming in. Yeah, I don't even know what the solution is because he's he's six six, two hundred eighty four pounds, but he's like nine percent body fat. Like, do you, do you want him to just get rid of like lose some muscle, dude? Is that what? <laughs> is that the solution? I don't know. Yeah, because he's because he's not like fat Kevin Love used to be. He doesn't look like a fat guy. Kevin Love's now the slim down to whatever he is, one eighty, two ten, or something like that. But I don't can't imagine a, a, a slimmer Zion. He's built like a freaking tank, and that's how he's supposed to be, I guess. No, he'd be a different ball yeah. player. But that's not why he got drafted. That's not why he's in the league because he he, he got drafted for the dominant right. player he was. So we'll see. Besides that, there's a lot of good basketball. Last night. What games did you guys watch? Did you watch any of them? I'll go through a real quick, quick recap of some of the games that happened last night. We had Houston versus Orlando Magic, my Orlando Magic. I'll just say the good games. There was the Lakers versus Heat. There was the Bucks Grizzlies. There was the Clippers Timberwolves. And then a couple other shady games, the Knicks. There was a, a Golden State Warriors game, but... What was the best game of the night, in your opinion, and why was it the Charlotte Hornets versus Chicago Bulls? I was <laughs> going to say something, but now I cannot. Because the, the two of them combined to score less points than the Rockets in a lot of games. Oh, man. I tried to watch. I, I woke up this morning. I watched a lot of those. Shout out. House of Highlights, those 10-minute of recaps of games where they just show the points and um, watch the Rockets. I watched the Lakers. I, I didn't wasn't able to watch a lot of it because I was at my wife's work. Christmas dinner, um, and I tried to watch the Hornets versus Bulls, and God, it was it was pretty miserable. But what games did you guys watch? What did you enjoy last night? My uh, definite favorite game to watch was the uh, the Heat Lakers game. 
I was excited coming after uh, or coming into this. The Miami Heat looking really good at that uh, comeback they had against the Hawks a couple days ago. You know they were they were down six with like a minute left, and then just went on a tear and really. I mean, I think they came out with two triple doubles on their team, and yeah, they had crazy um, stats Robinson that game. with like ten threes that game. Mm-hmm. Like they just looked like something something menacing. So I was excited to watch them come out at the Lakers, who have been doing incredibly well. And uh, they gave them a fight. They definitely gave them a fight. It was an exciting game. Kept me interested. I, I caught a uh, little bit of the second half of that game, and then I also caught uh, the first half, basically, of the Clippers, T-Wolves. Like, like I think I said on the last podcast, like I think I really like the Heat. Like I like Adebayo. I like Tyler Hero. Uh, I like Duncan Robinson. Uh, they just didn't shoot the ball very well against the Lakers and they've really been hanging their head on hero and Duncan Robinson really just raining threes and they they combined to go four of 13 or whatever they did. So just wasn't quite where they needed to be to, to win that game. But obviously they're right in the spot where they, they can compete with anybody in the league on a given night. So, I mean, it wouldn't be totally surprising to see the heat make a run even in the playoffs this year, Uh, which is kind of what a friend of mine told me over the summer. Uh, He's a Larry Nance juniors trainer. And uh, he told me when he came back from summer league that the team everybody's, yeah, the team that everybody's talking about uh, at summer league was that the Heat were going to be really good this year. I was like, really, the Heat? Like, I see him being okay with Jimmy Butler, but like, really good. But yeah, proven to be prophetic. Yeah, it's it's interesting because Jimmy Butler signed with the Miami Heat, he left the Sixers, which seemed like a really interesting situation at least with the Sixers it kind of plays with my original hot take where I think nobody on the Sixers actually likes each other I don't think Ben Simmons and me get along I don't think any of them are actual friends and Jimmy Butler is a very harsh kind of asshole guy and but he, he went to the Miami Heat and he's he's being a good boy he's being a, a good leader he's making players like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn all these people that four months ago all three of us would go who are you talking about Look like beasts, Duncan Robinson, draining threes. Tyler Hero might be one of my favorite players to watch in the NBA right now because he looks like me and he's doing things that I wish I could be doing when I was if I was in the NBA. <laughs> Gives me hope. He's obviously he's much taller and much more athletic, but in the face, I look at him and I'm like, hey, I could be Tyler Hero, giving lots of hope to me. But it was an incredible game. There was that game, so AD and LeBron combined for sixty something points, and then. For the Clippers, like you mentioned, they beat the they beat the Timberwolves. They had they were missing Sweet Lou, they were missing Pat Beverly, missing a couple other players. George and Leonard combined for eighty eight points, which would have beat the Chicago Bulls if it was just Kawhi Leonard, versus Paul George versus the whole Chicago Bulls team. The uh, Clippers would still win, <laughs> or the Hornets. You're right; they would have beat either one of those teams. It's scary, man. There was three of the best teams played last night, Clippers, Lakers, and Bucks. All three of them looked dominant, which is exciting to say. This postseason is a while away from now, but I can't wait to see some of these teams playing, man. Yeah, so uh, just to jump back to the Heat for a second, uh, I saw a really good way to describe like Jimmy Butler's fit and why it's working so well in Miami right now. Because like it kind of goes back to our Kyrie conversations earlier in the year about how he breaks systems. But like he's not good enough to like be his own system like LeBron is. Uh, Jimmy Butler's willing to play within Spolstra's system down there. But like when it comes time when you just need that one possession for a guy to take over, he can go do that too. So like he's just like a willing participant in their system, 
but then can go do his own thing when they need that. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds. It's a perfect fit for him in Miami because yeah. he's always talked about being the hardest working guy. He wakes up at 3 a.m. to start start playing and working out, and the Miami Heat buy into that. I don't think the Sixers bought into that. I don't think the Timberwolves was bought into that. I don't know if the Bulls bought into that, but he seemed to have found himself in a great situation, giving us some good-ass basketball to watch. Yeah, he took a lot of heat uh, the way he ah. – no, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he took a lot of flack when he left the Timberwolves and the way he did it. Like, I'm not sure if you guys even remember when he like took the, the bench oh, squad yeah. and just dominated the starters in practice and was trash talking Carl Anthony Towns and telling all those guys that they're trash and took the bench guys and just whooped on him in practice. And a lot of people are like, that's just terrible leadership. I was like, no, he, he's so hard work. He's trying to get guys to come with him. He's trying to bring guys with him. And I think he found a culture in Miami where like, Ever since LeBron left Miami, they've been overachievers. I'm like, I think Jimmy Butler just wants to be surrounded by overachievers because that's what he is. Like, he came out of West Virginia as an unheralded prospect and had to build his way into an NBA All-Star, and now he's surrounded by other guys who've kind of been in the same boat. Duncan Robinson was a former Division Three basketball player. Kendrick Nunn was kind of overlooked for other reasons. Like, he ended up at Oakland after he got, like, busted for, like, sexual assault or something like that when he was at Illinois. Uh, and then, like, Tyler Hero, everybody's like, nope, just a white guy that was shooting at Kentucky, like, mm. not worthy of a top-five pick. And here he is definitely looking like a top-five rookie. Yeah, playing their role incredibly. And lastly, the Bucks have now extended their win streak to 17 games, and we have barely talked about them on this podcast, to be honest. I know, I, to be honest, we have not talked about them Ooh. very much at all. Um, <laughs> sorry, I can't match your, your heat joke. <laughs> Uh, they look good, obviously. Oh, you you know I'm a Bucks fan. I've been a Giannis fan. For oh years. yeah, and I I watch them, and it just looks like they play some textbook basketball and get some wins. And Giannis is quietly putting up numbers, quietly putting up ridiculous numbers. I think I mentioned it on one of the recent podcasts that I think the Bucks have been playing the best of any team in the NBA, even better than the uh, 23 and three Lakers. I think. I mean, the Bucks have won 17 in a row now. And, like, even if you're favored in every single game, like, there's still less than, like, a 3% chance of you winning all those games. So, like, regardless of who your opponents are, like, it's impressive to go win 17 straight. Yeah, you keep looking. I looked at their schedule. I mean, they played the, the Grizz, who gave them a fight. They have a couple other easy games on their schedule. There's no reason that they can't win 20-something games until they, they meet the uh, the Lakers next week. I think it's next Friday or... Saturday, it's Lakers versus Bucks. Two two best teams coming together. Maybe a championship uh, preview. We'll see. With the Clippers playing as well as they are, who knows? Um, but they look incredible. And Giannis is doing this in like less than thirty minutes a game. He, he played like twenty nine minutes last night. Put up thirty something points, thirty seven points. I think they look good, man. And I just I just keep forgetting about them. Like I honestly do. I don't know how they keep doing it. It's it's funny looking at their uh, schedule right now. Because on ESPN.com, it shows the result, their win-loss record, points leader, rebounds leader, assists leader, and it's pretty much just Giannis, 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 Giannis. Like, there have been two, there have been four games so far this year where Giannis was not their leading scorer. There have been two games where he was not their leading rebounder, and he's been their leading assist guy in about half the games. If you remember... When we talked about MVP, Derek and I did not hesitate to say that we think Giannis is going to be our MVP. 
And if they if they want to pick it stat wise, it's going to be hard not to pick Giannis. In every category, it seems like he's there. Offensive leaders, defensive leaders, you know, blocks. I, he's just a a powerhouse. And if you watch him play, he looks like it. I hesitated a little because I chose Harden. Was it? Yeah, let's. Maybe we had two separate conversations about stats. <laughs> I mean, if we look at, let's talk about James Harden. He played last night. He put up a, a very quiet 54 points against my Orlando Magic. Again, doing it on six free throws. Previous game against Cleveland, he had 55 with five three free throws. Why do I still hate watching James Harden? Like, how do I still not enjoy watching him when he's doing these incredible things? I just don't care, man. Like, I'd much rather watch the Bucks. I'd much rather watch the Clippers. I'd rather watch most other teams. But does anybody in the NBA really care that James Harden's doing it? Like, I don't know, man. Is it is it until he proves himself postseason-wise, until he proves himself in some other category besides just getting buckets? I don't know. But he keeps doing it. I don't know what he can do to convince me. But I know, obviously, Derek, you're, I don't know if you're a fan, but you at least recognize what he's doing more than I do. Yeah, I mean, he, he's the greatest scorer that we've ever seen. Is, is there an argument to that? Stat-wise, it's hard to argue. And, and you know, the conversation has now shifted since he's not getting as many free throws, at least in the last couple of weeks, as he usually has, uh, to, oh, he's got to do it in the postseason. Let me read off his postseason stat line last year across 11 games. 32 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, uh, 2 steals, Shot 35% behind the arc and 48% on two-pointers, 84% at the line. Is that not showing up? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's just, I don't think so. I don't know. I can't, can't, I can't get past it, man. He couldn't get past the Warriors. I know, obviously, the Warriors are one of the best teams that have ever existed. But he just, something about his game just doesn't seem to rub me the right way. He just gets the points and... I don't know. It's something about it is like infuriating. Like I'm almost annoyed that I look at the stat line. I'm like, oh, he only did six free throws. Cool. You're just out there proving that you don't need to shoot free throws. Like he cares more about everybody saying, oh, all you do is get free throws. He's like, look at me. I'm not going to get free throws. I'm just going to get buckets. And it's, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know if he just finds himself in a bad situation. He might be one of the best players that happens to be playing in the same time period that LeBron and KD and, Steph Curry all played in the same conference, and he's just not going to be able to eke out a championship. If you had to pick who's going to win the, the title this year, I don't think... You did say the Rockets, Derek, but I, I think you were just trying to change it up when we were talking about it originally. Do you actually think the Rockets could win this year? Yeah, I've been between the Rockets and the Sixers. Well, it's funny you actually mentioned that because like, I realized because I looked at the Sixers' records, I think they're 20-7. and seven. Something like that right now, because I think they were my pick on the initial podcast, the Sixers, uh, and episode zero that nobody else got to hear. But uh, I've switched it to the Bucks because I kind of thought like there were 27 games in the first trimester of the NBA is over. So uh, I, I still have Harden as my MVP. He's almost averaging 40 points a game. The Bucks are my champs now. Like I said, I think they're playing the best of anybody in the NBA. Uh, I think uh, Giannis is going to become. The, the king of the NBA after this season. Uh, and it's kind of going to be his game uh, because we keep talking about what's going to happen when he starts making threes. Well, he's still not good at it, but like he has made progress. So if he keeps making progress, like it's going to start to get scary. But back on the Harden note, this is what James Harden did this week. 
109 points in two games, 60% from the floor, 61% on threes, made all of his free throws. Uh, He made 20 threes in two games, also had four steals and five blocks in those two games. And yeah, one of the games was against the Cavs, but the other one was against the Magic, who have the 12th rated defense and are 29th in pace. So like, they're slow, grinded out defensive team. And here's a list of every player in NBA history with 54 plus points on less than seven free throw attempts. James Harden yesterday, James Harden three days ago, end list. Damn. That's some stat picking right there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's, a, that's incredible, obviously. Matt, do you like James Harden, or does it drive you crazy to watch him play basketball? I don't necessarily like Harden as an individual, but I can recognize his game. So I'm somewhere in the middle. You know, if he's on the court, I'm going to watch him, and I'm going to enjoy watching his game. But if we're talking about people that I enjoy as a person, I do not enjoy James Harden. What do you dislike about him as a person? Because I don't really know much about him. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really understanding where you were coming from. I just don't like the guy for some reason. And maybe yeah, maybe it had to do with watching people go crazy over him when he's clearly traveling on that step back. Like, you can't just pick up the ball, jump backwards, and take a three-pointer. Like... I I was on the boat if that's a travel and it needs to be stopped. But other than that, you know, he, like Derek said, he's one of the best scorers we've ever seen. Um, You know, that's that's a tough call to make, but he's definitely in the top three. Yeah, I mean, it's just because the ball's always in his hands. I think uh, the broadcast last night made a quick comment that through 25 games, uh, he's matched uh, Curry with like 127 as the most threes made in the first 125 games of the season. And yeah, he's, he's, he's taken more shots to get there. But I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but uh, Harden takes like two and a half times as many off-the-dribble threes as what Curry did. And I felt like Curry was taking so many threes off the dribble. And Harden is like two and a half times as many. And to make that many off-the-dribble threes at that volume, like at that much efficiency, is really impressive impressive but it's not fun to watch but that's also the boring aspect as well exactly yeah that's the part that makes it really boring to watch because it's just dribble 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 between the legs between the legs step back shoot it and i just am sick of watching it you know what is very fun to watch though that it would be a uh, davis bertans from the washington wizards raining in three-pointers the latvian laser absolutely some people call him the latvian james harden okay Oh, welcome to uh, Big Baller Zone. This is a nice segue into uh, Big Baller Alert because he was my big baller last week. I was literally trying to segue into my team update and you just shut me down. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, Davis Bertans is my first ever two time big baller. Of the week winner. No, you can't go back to back. I'm going back to back. He was even better he this did. week. <sighs> He was even better this week. He averaged 28 and a half points per game. I saw a video of him doing shooting shooting drills from literally 40 feet away from the basket and making all of them. Nobody in the NBA right now is causing more panic when they catch the ball anywhere on their side of half court. He catches the ball with any sort of space and everybody's eyes look the same. It's the same look I get on my face when that steak and shake chili hits my large intestine. Derek. Derek, yes, I hear you. But the last three games, the Wizards have lost. So who, like, is he that much of a big baller if he can't contribute to a win? 
Basketball's a team game, baby. Well, hold on. Now, now it's my time. The Washington Wizards have unfortunately lost their last three games. And um, the last loss against the Hornets, where Bertans was still a menace, that was the start of this block of games that I'm looking at about, uh, let's say, nine games up until they uh, play the Heat on the 30th of this month. These next nine games or so, including the recent loss to the Hornets, they are what's going to make or break by year here. The Wizards look like they want to contend, and they don't just want to tank and look for some uh, look for a good pick next season. These next games, if we if we manage to beat the Grizzlies, the Bulls, the Raptors, the Knicks, and then the Knicks again, which isn't the hardest schedule, but I'm just assuming we're going to probably take a loss to the 76ers and then the Heat. I think these games are what's going to make or break my season, whether we're going to make a push for the playoffs or whether we're just going to kind of sit back. Roll over and die and just call it a season. I didn't want to say that. I didn't want to say that. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. you, you say the Wizards are trying to win some games where they're doing a, a, a poor job of showing it because they just dropped below my Grizzlies in the standings. Davis Bertans, the first, who would have thought Davis Bertans would be the first ever back-to-back, the two-time. It's Davis, you uncultured swine. We've got to give that guy a shout-out. Send him some messages on Instagram. Send him a t-shirt. I don't know, but he's killing it. I, I got in a little weird direction with my big baller zone this week. Um, I originally had Devontae Graham of the Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets we were just talking about dropped a 40-burger earlier in the week. Um, he's my most improved player pick at the one third mark. He's killing it. He looks awesome. He's obviously out playing, uh, Terry Rozier, making the Hornets look fine. Getting rid of, um, or not getting rid of Kemba Walker, but letting him walk away. Vontae Graham is like a Kemba Walker, like prototype. Um, I had, I did have Kemba Walker on my list because Kemba Walker was playing pretty well. They didn't get a couple wins, but he dropped some big points. I was trying to show some hometown love to our Cavs. I had Jordan Clarkson or Kevin Love. Caleb, who dropped the 30-17 game. Um, the look-at-me, other teams, please trade for me game, I like to call that. But ultimately, I went with that. It's not stats-based. Um, my big baller of the week is Jared Dudley of the Los Angeles Lakers. This dude is the luckiest mother effer in the NBA. He is playing on the LA Lakers. He's playing with LeBron James. He gets to go in, get in some fights sometimes, put up about, he's putting up 1.7 points a game, but he gets to play with LeBron James. He gets to play, he should not be in the league. This dude is a big, goofy mother effort that can barely score, that can barely do anything. He looks like Elmer Fudd. I'm just giving him big baller of the week for somehow managing to not only be in the league, but be on a contending team. So shout out Jared Dudley. He's a great Twitter follow. When, uh, when you say this, I'm getting big Robert Ory vibes here just a guy who's you know in the right place to get a ring because hey do you know how many rings robert ori has i do know yeah he's got the most is tied to no, he doesn't have the most but he's got a lot it's seven i think robert hori who non-basketball fans have never heard of has seven rings so you think there's a chance second round of the playoffs uh, the lakers are tied 2-2 so they're playing the clippers or whoever and Game five, the ball gets lost. It ends up in the hands of Jared Dudley. He drains his one, <laughs> the exactly. one shot attempt he has the whole entire uh, postseason, drains the three, sends him to the next round. 
That's exactly. What it's the long game. It's the long game for the Lakers. Okay, now I'm going to segue into my big baller here. And uh, the sad reality is, if it wasn't for very recent events, um, Bertans would have been the three-time when I also gave him big baller for <laughs> week, thinking Derek wouldn't have the cojones to do it back-to-back. Boy, was I wrong. My actual big baller of the week is uh, Celtics center Daniel Tice. Oh, shit. Now, um, this man... This man managed to attempt to set a screen and then what looked like a flop into into one of the greatest four-point plays I think I've ever seen made. Did you guys see this clip? Oh, I saw this live. I saw this live. This was the Sixers-Celtics game, correct? It was the Sixers-Celtics game where Daniel Tice was offhandedly pushed and he's a big dude. I don't think he needed to fall, but he falls into Kemba Walker after the shot, giving Kemba Walker a four-point play off a foul from his own teammate, almost. <laughs> and that itself is big baller worthy for you? And that gives Daniel Tice, big baller of the week, handed his teammate a four-point play. I, if you gave me $1,000 before we recorded this podcast. Guess the two big ballers of the week that Derek and Matt would pick. I don't think I could get it in 100 tries. That's what I love about Big Baller Zone. You never know what's coming. You can't guess it by stats. You can't guess it by games. You can't guess it by no way that would anybody pick Davis Bertans two times in a row. Oh, somebody might. <laughs> and that person is Derek, Coach Derek. I mean, I, I looked through all the stats from this week, and nobody stood out that really fits my criteria which you guys have an idea of what my criteria is at this point. It's just some guy who kind of just bursts onto the scene. And uh, nobody else really did that except for Bertans, who can, who's done it for back-to-back weeks now. In the MVP conversation, some might say. <laughs> nobody, nobody fears seeing, quote Derek, there's nobody more fearful or, what did you say? Nobody more to be afraid of than Davis Bertans with the ball across half court. Some people say He's James causing Harden. panic. Some people say LeBron James. James is panicking. The NBA is panicking <laughs> when Davis Bertans catches the ball. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Matt, you gave us our team update. Derek, you got to show the Grizz some love because I watched the Grizz highlights of the game they played last night, and there's some good shit going on. Tell me about it. Yeah, so they went uh, two and one this week. They beat Phoenix, which is a nice win, and Golden State, which is a should win. Uh, but should wins don't necessarily translate to wins because they lost to Golden State a couple weeks ago. Uh, they lost last night to the Bucks, but they hung in there for a while, and uh, which leads me to one of my reasons for optimism. Jaron Jackson Jr.'s been playing great the last couple weeks. Uh, he, he's still struggling a bit with foul trouble, but he averaged about 28 points a game this week uh, on great splits, 57 from the field, 45 from three-point range. Free throws weren't as great as you'd want them to be, uh, but he didn't shoot a ton. Uh, he did have 43 against Milwaukee with nine threes. I uh, would just like to see him rebound a little bit more right now because he's a big man and he's only getting about five a game at this point. Uh, but Ja came back this week. Uh, he played in both wins but sat out against the Bucks. Uh, so he's back doing what he's doing. Jaron Jackson Jr. is playing really well. Uh, but to the reasons they suck. You can't mention... I'm sorry, but you can't mention John Moran without talking about his big-ass dunk over our boy, oh, yeah. Baines. That was incredible. Oh, yeah. I was watching that live, and I, I'm not sure if you guys huge. were, but I texted you, and I said, John Moran just ended Aaron Baines. 
I immediately Googled, I Googled John Morant, Aaron Baines, and found the clip immediately. And you were not wrong. No, it was it was incredible. But uh, one of the reasons they suck, and it's kind of weird, because uh, it's a guy that I kind of liked coming into the season, and I don't like him really anymore, and that's Dylan Brooks. Uh, because he keeps trying to take just as many shots as Ja and Jaron, and I just don't want to see him do that at all. Uh, like he's he's a mediocre three point shooter, but he takes a bunch. Uh, he's below average scoring inside the arc. Doesn't really pass much. Doesn't really defend much. Uh, but here he is averaging almost the same shot attempts as Jaron Jackson and. John Morant like they're all in like that same ballpark between like 12 and 14 yeah the last two games he shot 17 field goals and then 19 field goals yikes Dylan Brooks chill out bro yeah and if you watch like a lot of them are like it's like hero ball type shots where like he's dribbling into three pointers and like pulling up coming off screens and I was like just move the ball man you're you're not that guy just chill out uh but but while it was nice to watch them win and it's nice to see these young guys play well we did drop to seventh uh in the lottery this week which we've talked about it on a recurring basis that uh if we aren't in the top six we lose our pick to the celtics uh so it's funny that we dropped a seventh uh because the wizards slid into that sixth spot and the wizards are who we play tonight uh which i'm fully anticipating jaron jackson and john Morant to combine for about 80 points tonight and a victory as we continue to slide up the standings and lose our draft pick and lose our future but you know what it might be fun Last night was probably the perfect example of what you want to see as a Grizzlies yes. fan. You want to see Jaron Jackson go off, but you also want to come out with a loss. You don't actually want to win. You want a great game that's fun to watch, but you want to keep your position. They pulled it off. Yes, you are absolutely correct on that. How are the tragic? Bro, they went 0-3, but they did play three of the best teams in the league. They played the Clippers, they played the Lakers, they played the Bucks. I don't really want to talk about them that much, to be honest, man. They're not fun to watch. They're not a fun team to watch. They're not. They're not fun players to cheer for. The uh, the number one highlight that would have been of the week was uh, my boy Mo Bamba. I'm coming around, trying to come around, show some love, stuff LeBron James at the rim. We can show that highlight on Instagram. You guys can Google it yourself. That's probably the highlight of the week. And then they booed Dwight Howard a lot when he was there. I guess us Magic fans still don't like Dwight Howard, which is fine. Um, I guess that's my team now. I'm not supposed to like Dwight Howard. But there's not much there's not much to talk about. Magic are bad. They play bad basketball. And they're going to continue to be uh, 500 for the rest of the world. <laughs> they're never going to be better. They're never going to be worse. Um, I would love to see Aaron Gordon get out of town or play somewhere else, get some fresh blood in there. But nobody really wants to come to the Magic. So we're stuck with DJ Augustine, Evan Fournier, and uh, Kem Birch for the time being. So that's my Magic update. Nobody likes the Magic, but I. But I do, I guess. Okay, so so my question to you is, is there any team in the NBA that you would less want to be a fan of? <laughs> oh, man. I guess the only team would be the, I was going to, I would say the New York Knicks. But the only thing the New York Knicks has on the Magic is fans. People still like the Knicks. People want to cheer for the Knicks. People are tweeting about the Knicks. People are talking about the Knicks. Nobody gives shit about the Magic, including the Magic themselves. They uh, hosted an AMA on Reddit, (laughs) an AMA with Jonathan Isaac on NBA Reddit. Showed up, (laughs) and I tried to contribute, but there's not—he's not even interesting. Like, there's nobody's asking interesting questions. 
Nobody's talking about anything interesting. It's just a bunch of nothing, which puts me a sad but loyal fan of the Orlando Magic. So, Derek, I, I think the, the Magic might be the worst team to be a fan of at this point. And the, the sad thing is the only other team that I'm kind of loyal to would be the Cavs, and they're, they're in the bottom two or three as well. So it's a rough, rough week. Well, because the, the backup team that I had that I thought about choosing for you I didn't because I thought they had just a few too many athletic players that were ex- did exciting things, but they were actually in the news this week for like how terrible they are, uh, because Charles Barkley said, "quote After their game in uh, Mexico City, I hope they hurry up and put that wall up so they can't make it back to America." Do you know what team I'm talking? You're talking about? the Detroit Pistons, Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, D Rose. Yeah, the Pistons were in the running for the team I was going to choose for you. I would rather be a. Would you rather be a fan of the Pistons right now? God, I really <laughs> thought we were picking fun teams. But would you rather be a fan of the? Pistons? I would much right rather now? be a fan of the Pistons. I like. I really like Blake Griffin. I would much rather be watching old Blake Griffin than young Markel Fultz and Mo Bamba. To be honest, so Blake Griffin's just been so bad this Merry year. Merry Christmas to me. He 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 can't even score inside the arc anymore. Like he's lost like his burst. Like he's he's shooting almost as many threes as he is two pointers, but he's like under thirty percent on him. I I gotta get some magic gear. I gotta I don't know what I gotta do to keep going through the season, but I gotta get some magic t shirts. Dude, how how long ago did I? How many podcasts ago did I say I ordered that hoodie? Because it's still not here. Yeah, I don't. Where'd you order it from? Who who we gonna put on blast? NBA team store. China. No way. It's official gear. We gotta reach out to. Uh, Who's the Grizzlies coach? Talk to him. You know, the, can you name the Grizzlies coach off the top of your head? Yeah, it's Jenkins. Coach Jenkins. I wouldn't know if you were, wouldn't know if you were wrong, so I guess you're correct. <laughs> Wait, Hayden, are you telling me you don't know the coach of the Orlando? Oh, Rangers? I know. Oh, I know Steve Clifford. Everybody knows Steve Clifford. Okay. Big, big, pink-headed man stands on the sidelines and tells the Magic to go really slow. And don't get a good shot. That seems like his his offensive scheme at this point. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure if Coach Jenkins is the coach for the Grizzlies. Uh, his time as a top-level assistant is limited. He spent one year with the Bucks and then, like, five years with the Hawks before that. So, like, the Hawks were solid while he was there, but they weren't anything special. And the Bucks were really good last year, but is that enough to, like, say that he should be a head coach right now? I don't know. The Grizzlies decided he was, but we'll see how he turns out. And you're a loyal fan, and who are you to question the Grizzlies and what they do? It's not blind loyalty, man. <laughs> it's not blind loyalty, but it does run deep. It runs through your blood. Boys, this is a great episode. Next week we'll be talking some Christmas, because we got a lot of Christmas games coming up. There's six of them on Christmas Day. For me, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern time is starting at noon, but I got a lot of basketball to watch that day. Um... And we're going to be doing pickems on Christmas Day, but before that, we got a couple more pickems for the week. Our standings at this point—it's a tight race still. Matt, uh, Derek, can you t- give us an update? I forget what we were, what the standings were at this point. Uh, I think you and Matt are both seven and three, and I'm six and four. Close, but I, I got to double check on what the lot. The lot, it was a pickem last night. The Lakers and the yeah, Eagles, we right? said we just call it even, and it was a close game. Okay, so yeah, you guys are both seven and three. I'm six and four. Moving into this week's games, which I have a feeling that my picks are going to be opposite of Matt's. Okay, so uh, here's our pickups. I try to stick with Wednesday and Friday games because 
That's usually when there's a, a bigger slate of games to pick from. Those are the busy nights. Uh, so what? Yeah. Feel free to, in the future, pick some random games so we don't always have to play for the Lakers. Okay, well, well, next week we're going to try and pick the whole uh, Christmas Day slate, right? Deal, yes, true. Okay, so Wednesday this week, uh, we have Celtics at Mavericks. Mavericks giving two and a half points. My pick is the Celtics. I got to go Mavs. You know me, Papa. Hmm, I'm going to go with the Celtics as well. Okay, so uh, our second game... Friday is going to be Mavericks at Sixers. Ooh, a lot of Mavs love this week, and, Matt. And the six and the Sixers are giving seven and a half points. Whoa! And my pick is the Sixers. Whoa! You know me. I'm going Mavs. Mavs. <laughs> seven Sixers are giving seven and a half. Yes. All right. Well, I gotta go with I gotta go with the Mavericks on that one. There's no way they don't cover and and pull out. I, I would say they pull out a win, but it's got to be a close game. It, I mean, if the game ended up 118-110, wouldn't that be considered a close game? And the, Celtics, and the Sixers would cover that. <laughs> Let's see. So we got Mavs Mavs for Matt, Celtics Mavs for Hayden, Celtics Sixers for Derek. A lot of basketball to be played. Next week, it could really blow everything up by picking six games on Christmas Day. That could really fuck up somebody's year. Or it could make us all, I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll have a good time picking them. And as we get closer to the end... Who knows if it's going to be a close race or if someone's going to pull out as an obvious winner or an obvious loser, but there's a lot of time left. A lot of basketball to be played, boys. Um, we wrap up this episode. Anything else you guys want to stick in here at the end? Uh, shout out Nick Fenwick again. Uh, coming up, he'll be coming up on four. He'll be coming up on four weeks in uh, that little middle school relationship by the time this podcast comes out. That's basically marriage in wow. middle school. They grow up so fast. Growing up so fast. Shout out Nick Fenwick. Shout out Mike Schaefer. Anyone you want to shout out, Matt? Always uh, shout out Mike Schaefer. Gonna shout out Art Bowen. Shout out Art. Is he listening? Uh, Does he know not. what a podcast is? <laughs> That's fair. I like how you know my dad well enough to ask that question. Boys, great episode. Thank you for listening to Jump Ninety Five. Follow us, Jump Ninety Five Podcast, on all social medias. Share with your friends. Send us emails at jump ninety five podcast at gmail Tell us what we suck at. Tell us what we're good at. Leave reviews on iTunes. Uh, thanks for listening, y'all. We will be back again soon. Peace. Shout out Ryan Holland. We love you. Yeah, shout out Ryan Holland. I like to play basketball and dance.